Hi guys, just a quick apology to start this one off. Uh, due to a slight technical hiccup, someone didn't have their headphones in at the start of this recording, and there's a little bit of feedback for the first 30 to 40 minutes. So I've done my best to sync it up and cut things out, so hopefully you can stick with it. Enjoy. Kia ora and welcome into the 4th of Forever podcast. Our apologies for the slight delay in getting this episode out, but at least now we have something a little more special to give you, as I am joined once again by our very special guest, my dad, Mr. Stephen Bothwell. How's it going, Dad? Absolutely brilliant. Great to be yes, that's it. You said exactly what I told you to say. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. You'll make it in broadcasting these days. Yeah, now, we'll, do, we'll do the glass half full thing today, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the glass is always full, whether it's water or air. Yeah. Eternal optimist that I am. Existential. Are you an optimist? (laughs) I like to think so. (laughs) Nailing it. Perfect with the dad jokes right off the bat. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so today we're planning on looking at the AFC East. Um, We're already too deep into our uh, season preview, uh, divisional preview that is. Uh, And I, I see the other other podcasts are playing catch up because uh, the PFF podcast only just put out their AFC East one now and that was their first one so Swappy. yeah we're obviously Swappy. ahead of the game yeah, well, need, those guys need to pick up their game yeah well, they've got lockdown to contend with so well or not to the States, yeah. I suppose <laughs> yeah well they, they are still doing it remotely and things but um, uh, I mean I guess so are we but obviously for drastically different circumstances um, but yeah um, they, they just need to up their game um, so yeah, today we're going to look into the AFC East, but since so much time has passed over the last little while, and certainly so much has gone on, uh, we just need to have a quick catch up on some of the biggest stories, including one that we did post about on the page, and Darren and I were really keen to get talking about, but then unfortunately um, some other things happened, so we couldn't really uh, get on with that as, quick as we, quickly as we wanted to. So it's pretty common knowledge now that uh, Jamal Adams... The all-pro safety for the New York Jets, absolute game wrecker, has been traded from the New York Jets to the Seattle Seahawks, along with a fourth rounder, to the Seahawks for two first rounders, a third rounder, and safety Bradley McDougald. So, I mean, th- this obviously just gets rid of uh, a relatively disruptive presence in terms of uh, the New York franchise, as far as they're concerned, but it was clearly their best player. Um, This is clearly them just saying like, right, okay, we're just going to continue blowing things up and invest in the future. Jamal Adams was going to be the future, but now he's saying he's going to retire in Seattle. What's your thoughts on on Jamal Adams? Well, good riddance. You're right, great player. And by far and away, the Jets' best player. But, you know, if your best player is a safety, you're in big trouble anyway. Um... But the, the stuff they're getting back in, in return. And McDougal's a, a decent safety. But he's no, yeah. He's no mug. But am I reading this right? First rounders in for the next two years and Yep. Bloody hell. It's it's good. I mean like it just kinda depends on what the Jets actually do with those first two well, first and rounders. It, and also it depends how poorly Seattle do in the next two years. Depend, we know where where are the Jets gonna be picking with Seattle's pick. Yeah. Seattle, Seattle tank, it's stuck up be worth a lot less. It would just say Seattle, yeah, but... for them, they're usually maybe top fifth, top half of it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but you're right about 
you are um what you're saying about the jets and it's, it's my opinion as well and it, it, it's a franchise thing mm. they they need to change their attitude they, that, it's, a, it's, a, it's just a mindset they're losers just any jets fans out there i'm sorry but you should know it by yourself um and even the the, the whole thing behind this trade they're looking you're saying that the player wasn't happy and disruptive it's your best player you've got to keep your you've got to be able to keep your best players that's what all the good teams mm. do you keep yeah. your best players and you build around them you don't trade them away because all right there's a lot in return but that's a roll of the dice and uh knowing knowing the jets they'll the dice will probably roll off the table knowing them <laughs> <laughs> I'll just I'll just explode up in yeah. a million pieces, and no one will ever get to play with the dice again. Yeah, but again, um, it's, yeah. it's just you, you, reading off your comprehensive notes here. You're saying it's a future builder, potentially yes, but you you just look back at the big trades that happened in the past. The old uh, the old Herschel Walker one being the example. Mm. That set up Dallas for for years, and it killed the big Vikings. So, I mean, these things don't always work, and it's a, he's a safety. He, yeah. They, they contribute, but they're not game changers. Well, I think if, if any safety is extra valuable in the NFL at the moment, it is Jamal Adams, because he does play more than just yeah. pure safety. Well, unless so he, like... he doesn't just play in the box, he'll come up to the line. Yeah. Uh, he, he got something like six sacks, uh, fumbles, interceptions. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's a truly like multi-positional player. Uh, and I think that's what the Seahawks see the most value in. And the fact that they usually just waste their first round picks on players who never really do anything. Um, like, cause, like they, they never really seem to find value in the the first round. Like, their um, defensive end they drafted uh, last year, LJ Collier, didn't really do anything. They just waited until DK Metcalf fell to them towards the, the back end of the second round. And that was where they got their value. Yeah, but that, was, that, um, was, that wasn't a strategy. That was just luck. No. Yeah, no, they're not trying to fail. It's just it just seems like whatever. Yeah. And if they just think that he can come in there and be their like the, the centerpiece of their new like Legion of Boom 2.0, 3.0, whatever iteration it is now. Um I, I certainly see it as being a great move for Jamal Adams. Uh I see it as being what the Seahawks believe to be a great move. Uh, whether or not it does remains to be seen because first round picks are really valuable. And for the Jets, it is an exceptional value trade because usually you get players who will make a lot of noise and then they'll end up having to be traded away for not very much. The fact yeah. that they managed to get two first-round picks out of this as well as a starting yeah. safety and an extra third-rounder just thrown in, it's um, really, really good value because that yeah. can turn into something that can help turn around that franchise over the next few years. Yeah, yeah you're right. Got to be a bit of luck in there, and they got to do due diligence in in drafts. I'm just wondering if this has some anything to do with this being a New York team. You know, in New York, mm-hmm. these players, and I'm I'm, I'm guessing it isn't a New Yorker. Uh, like Texas, college, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you, in that town, you can't even go for a ship without being a front page story. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I think just, they're not happy with that. There. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the, there's this strange culture in New York, and when it's led by someone like Adam Gase, 
that's not someone who really fills you with confidence. Do you really want me? Jamal you Adams needed a stronger Yeah, leader. you don't want me. My my opinions on Adam Gase as a head coach. I really don't know. I don't know why he's still got a head coaching job, to be honest. But uh. yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be too long before we see him on the move. I I, I just can't see this Jets team being um, a massive success. I mean, he he, d- he did some work with them last season, but a lot yeah, of that was down to. To Jamal Adams, like they still won seven games last year, despite yeah. the fact that they didn't have Sam Darnold because he had mono most of the season. Yeah, um, and then uh, like Miles Garrett absolutely wrecked Trevor Simeon's legs, so we had yeah, to deal with like, yeah, Nick Falk or whatever it was. It was the back there. It was pretty horrendous. But anyway, we we, we certainly digress. Um, yeah, I was just wanting to say that yeah. Adam Gaze got his first head coaching gig at the Dolphins because he was uh, it was Peyton Manning's offensive coordinator. Well, me and you could do that, Stuart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's um, oh, what was it? I think that was the only franchise he's been involved in where he actually had a winning record, and he wasn't really doing anything. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, he's not exactly a mastermind. He's just he's wherever he's gone, he's kind of failed. Yeah, I mean it's just this old boys network for coaching jobs, which should apply. I mean, I was going to mention that later on. I was looking doing your AFC East and West. Mm. It's old boys. They are the same retreads get the jobs. Either that, or it's mm-hmm. the trendy, the trendy new pick. Whether it's yeah, it's one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. So predictable. It's just like football. Yeah. Side of the pond. It's just nonsense. Never mind. Yeah, that's it. Maybe Derek McInnes will get a job with them next season. Yeah, we we digress. <laughs> <laughs> we certainly do. But um, before we digress too much more, um, obviously one of the other big stories of the last few weeks has been the COVID opt-outs that the NFL has allowed. So you can medically opt out of your contract this this season for I think it's a minimum of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, will be your your salary, or you can just do the voluntary opt out, which means that you will earn uh, one hundred fifty thousand dollars. And some of the players who are opting out here, um, you can one hundred percent understand why they're doing it. The likes of Nate Solder, who's battled through cancer himself, and his son currently has cancer. And um, yes, people like that, or you, you also have the uh, offensive guard for the Chiefs, whose name is Lauren. Oh, I've forgotten his name, unfortunately. It's, uh, it escapes me. But uh, he's an actual doctor, and he's just decided that he's not going to play football just now. He is going to go and work to help solve this crisis where he can, which is very admirable. That's good. Um, uh, and then you have other players who's just like there's no real health concerns or anything, but it's just ones who've they've already made their money, so they're happy to just you know sit this one out for the sake of yeah, health reasons. reasons. And then you've got some who're just thinking like you know what, money is not nearly as important as uh, my health, my family's health, and uh, just the, the health of the population in general. So they've just decided no, I'm going to I'm going to take the money, sit this one out, and hopefully come back to. A, a, a real NFL season next year if we have everything yeah, yeah. Well, immunized. You've just answered your own question there. <laughs> oh, well, that was, that was quick. Uh, I think you might, <laughs> no, you might ask some of them, you know, the Patriots have got quite a few opt-outs. And yeah. I haven't, and I haven't actually looked to see, you know, the reasons behind them, but what you said as either themselves with health problems, you know, highly trained and fit athletes, but everybody's can have some sort of underlying health condition, either that or pregnant wife or um, 
children that are not particularly well or ill parents yeah or what have you but i think you just mentioned oh they made their money well i think a lot of these patriots think well brady's gone when i get a win at all this year so uh you know can't be arsed really <laughs> i mean also like it's hard really work wanna... Stuart. it's hard work play. yeah I mean, I did it. Amateur, I did it amateur for a wee, for a wee while, for amateur level, and it was bloody hard work. So, a professional level, it's just another another level altogether. It's just, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And um, these guys might have actually thought, well, maybe this is going to be my last season. So they just got to finish. Is it worth early. it? Is it worth it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, a career-ending injury is just around the possibly potentially if next play. So they basically got yeah. an, an opt out here. Well, the, like a, a career and potentially even life threatening uh, injury is just a cough away, really. So for, for all you know, if you're playing against a player who has COVID, uh, you end up taking that back to your family. And you know, obviously they're going to be so strict in what they do, but all it takes is one person to not be disciplined to completely infect an entire locker room. Yeah, well, that's it. I've been shit hitting the fan a bit. Um. People out at pubs in Aberdeen this weekend, you know, no social distancing mm. whatsoever. Folk you in, but it's all these, it's all these youngsters, Stuart. It's all these youngsters. But, uh, no, yeah. the, the pictures weren't good, but you know, people tend to think they're indestructible. And I'll tell you, you're not. <laughs> Especially if it's in a in a place which has seemingly done pretty pretty well for themselves yeah well because like, like, like scotland's been okay compared to england but we saw a a, a bit of a, a problem at a cluster at a local pub in aberdeen the hawthorne bar i believe it was yeah well originally it was 13 that's now turned into 27 ah, that's not that's, good yeah it's not to do with the pub they were following all the correct procedures Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're going for a drink now, that'd be the place to go because it's spotless, totally spotless. It'll be dead now, yeah. Absolutely clean and tidy. Aye, nobody First there. time for everything. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it just shows you complacency. We, now, we were out to pub at the weekend with a fierce beer and a, with a few shandies. So that was very nice. But you just... oh, maybe, maybe at some point we'll have uh, uh, Dante Hightower and Patrick Chung joining you there because uh, they're not planning on joining the Patriots for this season. Um, a little bit of uh, actual breaking news happening here. Uh, that is that the NFL and the NFLPA have resolved all issues for the 2020 CBA changes that they've had to make because of the COVID crisis. Uh, so the n- numbers, and I don't have them all here at the moment, but the first thing that jumps out to me is, uh, as Tom Pellicero uh, of NFL.com reported, um any player who is defined as high risk, including un- including undrafted free agents and players who did not earn accredited season in 2019, will qualify for the same $350,000 uh, stipend if they opt out of the 2020 season. So you're probably going to see quite a lot of players take that. I think um, so. Because it's, it's, it's especially for the ones who are, well, certainly uh, like undrafted free agents who are just sitting there kind of waiting for a job. Um, it just kind of makes sense for a lot of these people just to say, like, you know what, I'll just forego this season and come back next year. Well, yeah, they've got to try and set an example. I know they're trying to get going. They've got a business model they want to, 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 to get get the TV money in, basically. Yeah. They've, they've got to try and set an example as well. 
Yeah, but you can't just let it continue to happen. Otherwise, you might not have a league. Yeah, well, a bit like, uh, a bit like as you see by the. Mm. But like the yeah. Premier League in England, they've got to fulfil their broadcasting obligations because the one thing these people won't do, won't want to do, is hand any money back. No, no, like just get it done, play all the games, televise them all. We're done. We're out of here. <laughs> yeah, but of course you don't want uh, a situation like the uh, National Baseball League uh, over in over in America where. Oh, was it the I think it's the Miami Marlins or something? They've now got about sixty percent of their roster is now confirmed uh, with COVID, uh, and it just looks like that's just gonna everything's gonna be off now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we're gonna, we're gonna to play the league without them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think uh, it's, anyway. It's, let's play the league without yeah. them. Yeah, well, you know, what is baseball anyway? It's glorified cricket. Now, uh, moving on, uh, we'll just quickly have a quick flick through the NFL's top 100 players list that they released recently. Now, I've looked through some of the videos and stuff, and there's a few players that are up quite high in the like the 90s and 80s, which I believe deserve to be way higher up than they are, and it's definitely going to anger a lot of people. And then you get further and further down the list and it's just it just seems a bit silly to me in some places but i think some of the ones that are really uh, getting my goat is how high up a lot of running backs are uh purely because i just don't see running backs as being nearly as valuable in the nfl these days like they're all very impressive like what christian mccaffrey does he was, was number six on the list um and you have derrick henry at number 10 just because you're a big beast of rushing champion yeah. and you and you run through the Patriots in the postseason like credit to him love his work and everything but number 10 he's above Julio Jones also Tom Brady's number 14 come on Saquon is 31 on the list that's bollocks he's a lot better than Derek Henry yeah one one behind Saquon Barkley is our boy Shaquille Barrett Hey, my man. My mate. Shaq Barrett got number 31 <laughs> in the NFL's top 100. Yeah, I can't Good job, Shaq. Always rooting for you, man. Yeah, all those all those things you got these folk to wish my happy birthday and everything, but I can't find any of those. I get to keep them. <laughs> Shaq Barrett, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. With the Bucks, no, are they, yeah. These, are these, these top 100, I, I never even look at these things because it, it's it's silly season stuff. You know, oh, yeah, definitely. They, they're speaking about football in the off-season, and um, look, it's, it's rubbish. It's a product of a few sick minds, I think. Yeah. And they're trying to please the big media teams, probably, unless it can possibly avoid it. They didn't really want to put Mahomes up there because Kansas is a small market. So. <laughs> well, yeah, a few Dallas players up there. Is, yeah. I mean, people just love a list. That's it. It's, yeah. it's really quick, easy reading. That people can just say like, oh, yeah, this tells me what's better and what's worse. That's it. That's all I need. I don't have any time yeah. or attention span. You know what? This is equivalent of this top 100 list. It's the equivalent of talk radio. You just go on there. You say something controversial to generate indignation. You know? Oh, I have four minutes. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll, write, I'll write something. I'll, <laughs> and, and the advertisers love that. So That's, yep, yeah, pretty much it. Like, um and, and this is definitely one of the more controversial lists. Uh, like in previous seasons, I've kind of agreed more with it. But even just that, the top 10. Oh, you count them doing them. De- okay, so in at, in at number 10. 
A lot of your listeners won't know what that is. No, okay, but I'll maybe see if I can get it and click in. I'm sure I've done that in a previous episode, actually, so I've probably still got the music somewhere. Um, in at number 10, we have uh, Derek Henry, running back of the Titans. And at number 9, you've got Stephon Gilmore, the cornerback of the New England Patriots, which um, I think is probably not fair. I think he's just a fantastic lockdown corner. He should be up higher. Uh, in at number 8 is DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, and here, on this list I've got here, they've still got him down as a Texans wide receiver. Well, so DeAndre Hopkins even updated that. so good he got traded. So, so good he got Saturday. kicked off his team. And that, that is a team that did not get value for that trade as well. If they just hung on and saw what people got for Jamal Adams, imagine what you could get for for him. That was crazy. Bill O'Brien's a genius. Apparently so. He's he's still playing chess. We're all, we're all playing checkers, allegedly. Uh, at number seven, you've got George Kittle, tight end of the 49ers. Fantastic player. Big in the run game, big in the pass game. Really? And he, he's, he's good. He's very good. Oh, okay. But, I mean, there's, there's plenty of other players Travis behind him. Is Travis Kelsey not top 10? No, he's not. Uh, Travis Kelsey's at number 18. Now, how is how Travis 18 and George Big Dodd is... Ah, okay. Move on. Yeah, I know. Tyreek Hill is number 22. Deshaun Watson's 20. Uh, Von, Von Miller's dropped back to 26. He didn't have a particularly good season last year, but everyone's still expecting him to blow up again this year. Uh, anyway, Christian McCaffrey at number six, Panthers running back. Again, well, he's like else. that, he's, but he is very good. He's half the offense there. Yeah, that's well, he's just all they've got at the moment, I think. Uh, Michael Thomas in at wide receiver for the Saints at number five. I mean, he, he he does what he does exceptionally well, but he's not always asked to be the the biggest do all guy. He's, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I I still think Julio Jones should be the number one there rather than down at number 11, where he actually is. And then the strangest one I see is Patrick Mahomes in at number four. Four? Um, I thought it was two. Number four. Nope, because you have Aaron Donald at number three, okay. Russell Wilson at number two, okay. and Lamar Jackson at number one. Now, I've been a big Russell Wilson fan for a while, well, apart from when he plays the Broncos, but I've always said I think he's way better than people are given credit for. Yeah. Now he's finally getting that recognition. I think he's a fantastic quarterback, but better than Patrick Mahomes right now? Please. Uh, no, no, and, Mahomes is And the same goes for Lamar Jackson. He's still got to develop as a passer. Well, I, I, I don't have any problem with I mean, I would have thought Mahomes and Jackson interchangeable one and two. I wouldn't pick one over the other. Mahomes has got the ring. Uh, I would Jackson's still say that Mahomes short. is... Yeah. I think I think Mahomes is uh, pretty much great at everything. It's just that Lamar Jackson has that incredible running game at his disposal as well. He's just so so jinky, and he can still avoid the big hits, which is what people were really concerned about. Is his protection really helps him so yeah. much there as well? It's yeah. that scheme is tailor made to him, which is brilliant. And t- take nothing away from him, and he had a fantastic season. But for me, he still needs to improve as a passer for me to say that he is the ultimate weapon. He's very, very close to it. After one full season, I'm I'm not entirely convinced that he deserves to be well, all the way up there. But well, we, hey, we, well, we, we are speaking like the old, you know, the old uh, nodding dogs here. But, uh, we know football. We're the old guys. Yeah. We know football. Well, actually, we don't. Well, hey, we because to. we'll never last. But any players one injury away from the end of his career or the end of the season. 
What I will say yep. is that a lot of these receivers that get, get high up in these lists, all this is dependent on who's throwing them the ball. Can your production is I mean, are the, are the uh, receivers that are high up the list there? They've got good good quarterbacks throwing them the ball. For the most part, I yeah. 100% agree with you, but I would say the only exception to that rule is DeAndre Hopkins, who has been a safety blanket for the likes of Brock, Brock Osweiler and yeah. Brandon Whedon. Well, you and saw... Like, he's, he's about the only yeah. player that I've seen now do you knock, it so, now you knock so the well lob, like that. The lobster. The Brock lobster. <laughs> now you knock him. Uh, I'm just so glad we didn't actually pay any money for him. <laughs> Tell how good DeAndre Hopkins was. You, you saw how bad the Texans were for he wasn't on the pitch. Yeah. And as soon as he came on, they started moving the ball. Uh, you know, I, I think yeah. he's, he's a fantastic player. Cardinals go well at that. Yeah, I think uh, I'm actually really looking forward to watching the Cardinals this season. I think they're going to be a really great uh, game pass team. Uh, so, I mean, like they were kind of like that last season. I was just intrigued by the whole Kyler Murray prospect and. I think adding someone like Hopkins to that mix is going to make them explosive. Well, I don't think they're going to be the basement team in the NFC West. I think I think the Rams are going to be that. But that's a different. Such discussion. a strange flip. And NFC West is an incredible division, and like, I really can't wait to have a look at that one either. But today, right, well, we have been that top hundred and move on. Eh? Absolutely, put a pin in that rubbish, and uh, get on to what we're really on about today, which is the AFC East. So. We'll start with the aforementioned New England Patriots, who didn't have their best season last season, yet still finished 12-4 and because that's just what they do. Uh, they started off slow, figured out the problems that they needed to do, what they needed to do to paper over the cracks and keep Tom Brady standing just, to, just long enough to actually get rid of the ball. Um, and now there's no Tom Brady there. Uh, he is left, he is gone, he is finito to Tampa Bay. Uh, Kyle Van Noy has gone to Miami. Jamie Collins has gone to Detroit. Danny Shelton has also gone to Detroit. And incoming, they got a guy called Kyle Duggar, who's a safety from Lenoir Rhine. Uh, it's a very Patriots-y pick in the second round, as well as Josh Uche, defensive end out of Michigan. But um, the most intriguing signing, without a doubt, is the signing of Cam Newton on a one-year, $1.75 million base deal. I know. Which of course could it could be a bit more, but I mean that's such a Patriots move. That's stealing, isn't it? Yeah, it's that's just not fair. I mean, whether or not he comes back and is the Cam Newton he was back in twenty fourteen, even twenty seventeen or whatever, like for for that amount of money, that's that's nothing. That's absolutely not. Like there's there's backups around the league who are getting paid uh, five or six times that. Was it Chase Dan Chase Daniels getting paid like yeah. seven or eight million? Jeff Driscoll's getting paid me or not. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. It's I think, um, yeah, so yeah, the, the Tom Brady year is over. Now it's time for the Cam Newton slash Jarrett Stidham question mark era. Um, <laughs> as well as their, their COVID opt-outs, uh, there's been about eight or nine of them so far, including uh, linebacker Dante Hightower, who's... A lot of people consider to be Mr. Patriot on that side of the ball. Patrick Chung, offensive tackle, Marcus Cannon, Marquise Lee. Are they start, I'm assuming they're starters. You've listed them. I'm familiar with Hightower and Chung. Yeah. Mark Marcus Cannon is their starting right tackle, I okay, believe. Okay, and Lee's um, WR4 or something, is he? Lee. 
Uh, well, I mean, Marcus Lee, I suppose, well, they, they picked him up from the Jaguars, I believe. Was it with the Jaguars? Uh, or was he 49ers? I can't remember. But, um, that's still a um, lot. With how, yeah, with how um, the, the lack of depth of the Patriots wide receiver position makes them really, like, poor to the core, really. Um, so, I mean, just... Do you see them just managing the Patriots their way out of this one and actually making a real good season out of this and once again just walking away with the AFC East? Or is this the beginning of the downfall? Yes and yes, if that makes any sense. We don't, okay. know, we don't know what they've got in Cam Newton. That's it. Mm-hmm. They've got to have to play a, find a new way to play. You know, they all mm-hmm. saying that it's a Patriot way. Well, it was, it's the Tom Brady way. You yeah. have a good team there and you've got a system in place. I remember Fennell, we retired. I'd be said, well, oh, I just got to plug in Bobby Brister and I just got to keep on rolling because the team is so good. Bobby Brister. No, but it, it, throwback. It Brian Greasy. Sorry, guys, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't. never does. There's something, you lose no. your, your, your talisman, it, 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 something happens. But I mean, with with the the swapping, because obviously you had like the the John Elway Bobby Brister transition wasn't the smoothest, and that moved on to uh, Brian Gracie um, after a few others along the course, like Gus Farrat and stuff. But Cam Newton isn't Bobby Brister, right? But no, I suppose but... the the question is, what is he, and can that team like is, is it still a team around him? You asked that question yourself of what Cam Cam what Cam Newton do you get? Before he got mm-hmm. injured, before even when he, when he was injured, he was he was still putting up some good numbers, and and actually to be honest with you, I think uh, the Panthers treated him particularly badly, so that's my idea. Yeah, yeah, I think he was he was injured quite a bit, but that was probably because they couldn't protect him properly, and they never really gave him much in the way of weapons. Yeah, um, he still put numbers up, so yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I must be at least half a league out there, or maybe a third of the league, thinking 1.75 million a season. Why could we not pay that? Why, why can you have got him in? And I think about injury concerns, you've got to be able to have the guts to roll the dice. Now, the Broncos did it with Peyton Manning. And there's other people out there, they've, they've picked up a, an inj- a previously injured player and they don't have productive careers. Yeah, so this could work out very well for the Patriots but again they're entering a period of transition it's not just a plug and play thing you can't pick another quarterback in and plug him in for Tom Brady they've got to have to get a whole different scheme in there and they've got to give them somebody to throw the bloody ball to yeah and like obviously Julian Edelman's kind of been on the decline for a little while along with Tom Brady um, they're really going to want to have someone like Nikhil Harry step up and be what they hoped he would be with their first round pick. But other than that, you don't really have too much else there. Maybe Jacoby Myers might have to come back up. Um, like Mohamed Sanu was like problematic, but he's on the the COVID pup list at the moment as well. Like I don't know. Like because they've got Cam Newton in there and they've still got a really good defense. Uh, even if they are missing players in the middle, I, I can still see them being competitive. As long as you have Stephon Gilmore on the outside to to shut down, you've got Jason McCourty on the other, Devin McCourty's still back there too. Like They'll find a way to be 
productive. Well, I think the core of the defense competitive. is sorry. The core of the defense is still there, so they're going to be difficult to score on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically, that's that, that should be where you start from. Uh, but yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the rest of the. You know, you get a feeling you look at certain ways certain seasons team seasons the previous seasons have gone and how they drafted how how they see the upcoming season the Patriots have got to be trending down really if they lose Brady other players have lost when you look at other teams in the division yeah yeah I can see the I can't see the Buffalo Bills improving on 10 and 6 to be honest the Jets will probably Hmm. flat line again the Dolphins I think (laughs) I got to pick up there they're a pretty good well for five and eleven they had a good season because nobody expected them to win any games mm. so yeah the the fc east is in a bit of transition here so hopefully we'll see a bit of change in the guard and a, a bit a, a more competitive division it's been really shit yeah. for as long as i can remember and it, it, yeah, it's, I think it, it's bloody depressing especially if you're a fan of these other teams absolutely i think over what was it the last 18 19 years or something like that i think they've won it all but one season uh, with some anomaly in the 2008 when Brady broke oh, his leg um, Was it one of the Ryans? Rex Ryan's Jets, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. That Was was that a fumble year, maybe? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure. They got to the, the championship game, like, but that was our defence. Mar- Mark Sanchez at quarterback. So, uh, yeah, not exactly the greatest team to ever make it to an AFC championship. Um, so, yeah, like, obviously, a lot of, a lot of this kind of depends on the context of... Um, like who they're playing against. So I'm, I'm going to give you the first few teams that they're playing against, and just let's just see what we think about uh, in terms of wins and losses. So they've got the Dolphins to start off with, then they've got the Seahawks. So it's uh, Dolphins away, Seahawks at home, Raiders away, Chiefs at home, Broncos away. So that's the Patriots are speaking about. Yes. Okay. Well, Dolphins away. I think they'll. I think Dolphins will win that. I would. I'm going. I'm going to agree. I, I certainly hope so. Um, but I mean, it's so hard to tell with what's going on in the world right now. Who knows what team's going to be more prepared? Whether we get if they get a game at all, a game in Florida, especially. Yeah. No, I think Patriots will start pretty slow. Um, I think I actually think they'll lose to the Dolphins. Yeah. Lose to the Seahawks. Yes, I agree. They'll they'll beat the Raiders. Yes, I hope so. They'll lose to the Chiefs. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Broncos are going to put 50 points up on them, of course. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, that would be, be fantastic. Yeah, well, that's, um, that's another team we don't know what's going to happen with them. Absolutely. We'll, we'll maybe get onto them uh, later on if we have time. Um, so, yeah... We'll we'll come to what we believe the standings might be after we've gone through each and every team here. Yeah. Um, yeah so from that, we'll just, yeah, we'll move on to the Buffalo Bills, who finished off ten and six last season with uh, Sean McDermott at the helm and uh, Josh Allen at quarterback. Um, so there's been quite a lot of upheaval there as well. Uh, they didn't have a first round pick, but they picked up uh, AJ Epinesa, defensive end out of Iowa. And running back Zach Moss in the third round to complement Devin Singletary in the backfield. They also went and rather intriguingly jar, um, drafted Jake Fromm, a quarterback out of Georgia, who was yeah, very highly regarded in the college ranks, 
but everyone just knew him as having a noodle arm. So he's the, the complete antithesis of Josh Allen. And that, that quarterback room is um, just very, very strange to look at. So he's hardly be hardly going to be a, a a straight swap if Allen were to fall out. But um, <laughs> he might be able to do something for all we know. Well, like you just put him in the gym. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sure that's... Like, I saw in maybe, some... Maybe, maybe that's not how that works, but... Uh, yeah, <laughs> I saw some... On the draft boards, Jake Fromm was quite highly rated in a few of them. You know, yeah. Top, top, maybe creeping in at five or six. Not all of them, of course. And that's he's from a good, uh, a good, a strong school in Georgia. But, yeah, yeah you're right. It, it's a brain. weird one. It's not exactly a plug and play, you know, for, for scheme if he, if it, if I keep taking down downfield shots. Just because Josh Norman, uh, Josh Norman, Josh Allen's got, Josh a, Allen. got a big arm doesn't mean he's got to lug it down the field every time. Mm-hmm. Although it's funny he, you say he's that, got, he's Josh got Norman to... does also play for the Bills now. So <laughs> I noticed that as well. Too many Joshes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's... Josh Allen's got to work on his touch and he's shortening immediate passes. We know he can, he can lob this thing downfield, but so does everybody else. So does every defensive coordinator in the league. So he's got well, that, to, that's he's also got to get a few more things to go. Yeah. Yeah. When he when he does lob it down the field, it's not never usually much of a lob. It's actually just a straight laser. Yeah. And it still somehow gets to roughly where it's going, but his his actual completions of downfield passes are amongst the worst in the league. Worst in the league. Yes. He's got this cannon, but he's not able to actually put it where it needs to be. Well, so I, I, in, I would really hope that he would work on that. Yeah, I was in Auckland coming out. Of, I was in Auckland coming out of college, but they don't seem to have addressed that. They basically work yeah. around his weaknesses. Which is mm. still just still accuracy and touch, and yeah, and, and I can't see. It's just reps, it's just game time, I suppose. Would get that. He's got ten wins under his belt, and I did like yeah. some of what I saw last year. He's certainly a good game. He's certainly a tough competitor. He's got he's got the potential, uh, but I think that like the, <laughs> there's never a good time for a pandemic to hit. But there's certainly a bad one when you're trying to develop your quarterback. And I think the the acquisition of Stephon Diggs from Minnesota, which is the reason why they didn't have a first round pick, uh, could help him like sorry, could help him immeasurably. Because Stephon Diggs is a great uh, go up and get it kind of guy. Yeah. He's in the yeah. sort of Hopkins mold of like if you could throw it up to him or anywhere near him, he's gonna go up and contest that catch. Um, but you've got to put the ball near him, and that's something that they will probably not have had time to work on because they won't have had time to practice or anything yet. Depending on how many reps they manage to get in over the next few weeks, I mean, of course, they're not going to have any preseason games, which is uh, good for everyone, I suppose. But uh, you've really, really got to work on that that connection pretty swiftly in order to actually establish something. I mean, like the, the Bills have a pretty good. Uh, core now, like if you look at their their wide receiving core, so you've got Stephon Diggs. Other side, you've got John Brown, speedster. Yeah. Uh, like generally pretty underrated actually. Uh, you've got uh, Robert Foster's there. He's he stepped up quite nicely. You got Cole Beasley working out of the slot. Nice, nice. Uh, Steady. Good yeah. Hands. Um, like the, there's there's it's a really good um amount of speed and good hands on that pitch at, at the one time, and um. Like the offensive line just needs to be like if they can be as good as they were last season, which was like middling, then that's kind of all they really need to be. Yeah. But it would be great if they could take that step up. 
Yeah, well, if he's got a if he's got a keep one taking downfield shots, he needs the line needs to give him more time. It's just a, a, a that's the formula. If you're taking a five-step drop, you need a, another half second, and that's not always available in the NFL. So yeah, yeah. yeah. then intriguing. Half seconds a lifetime. I'll stick with what I said. I don't think they get improved in ten and six. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. I just didn't see improvement. All this is quarterback driven, really. The de- the defense was good, and it probably will still be as good as it was. But all this is dependent on staying fit. You pick up yeah. a few injuries, but they don't have, I don't think they've got a lot of depth. Mind you, hasn't a lot of teams in the NFL do have a lot of depth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're definitely that's yeah. an intriguing one. They might make a playoffs. Yeah, well, they, they've lost a couple of players. They lost uh, Shaq Lawson to Miami and Jordan Phillips to Arizona. Now, the, oh, the, the defense like should <laughs> actually be the strength. <laughs> You've got hmm? lost Shaq Lawson. I'm going MIA. Is that missing in action? Oh, he's missing in action. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Phillips, Aberdeen Royal Infirmary. Yeah. I don't know what it's like, oh, my God, there's some really strange things going on there. Uh, I mean, this is the strange times these days. Um but yeah, I mean, they certainly they are a team that's trending up. I'm not particularly hot on Josh Allen as a passer, but he's surrounded by the talent and offense. Defense is solid as ever. Um, they, I think they just they, they have potential to really be a force, but it's just like if a couple of injuries happen here and there, then it could go the wrong way. But I I, I don't see them regressing. I, I do see them being maybe a ten and six team again. Yeah, which yeah. Right. I, I, th- I think is fair. Yeah, and they should get a wild card with that. I would think they might even win a division with that. Mm. This is not. Uh, yeah. this is not the FC East of old. No, absolutely not. I'm, I'm powers power for it. I'm so super glad that that is not the case anymore. Um, yeah. So the the Buffalo Bills uh, schedule the first few games you have them versus the New York Jets. Uh, so it's at, at the Jets, uh, at home to the Dolphins, at the Rams, at home to the Raiders, and at home to the Titans. Uh, then after that, I just want to point out that they do play the Chiefs as well, which would be quite an interesting matchup, I think. But um, I, I can see them beating the Jets, beating the Dolphins, beating the Rams, beating the Raiders, and finally falling to the Titans. Yeah, um, maybe the. I quite fancy the Dolphins this season for some unknown reason. I think they've they played, they overachieved last season. Mhm. And they seem to have. You know, they've got a, they've acquired a few goodies there, you know. Yeah, a few good well, that's players. Like, I'm, I'm I'm trying I'm trying not to to jump on that just yeah, now because we're, we're going we're, there. We're coming to the dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't want to I don't want to just make this dolphins cast yeah. straight away. No, I'll I'll um, probably I'll, but, I would go with your predictions, but uh, maybe I I think the dolphins might might it's, if it's at Miami, I think they might win that one. Uh, uh, well, that that one is actually uh, in Orchard Park. Is it? Uh, they well, play okay. against the the dolphins on the last game of the season as well so okay. uh, like, who really knows what's going to happen with okay, that I think, but, I think, I think yeah. they'll split those games I think they'll, if it's at home I think they'll beat them so yeah I'm, I'm, it's the same as you then the yeah. same predictions as cool you. cool right answer right answer 
Um, so the, the aforementioned New York Jets, they finished 7-9 and nine, uh, under the watchful and spooky-looking uh, eyes of Adam Gase last season. Uh, they had Sam Darnold to like by the start of the season, but then he was knocked out with a rather unfortunate case of mono, which left uh, Trevor Simeon to step up into the fray, only to have his leg rather brutally broken by uh, Miles Garrett on a play, well, potentially ending his career, unfortunately. It was not very nice at all. Uh, yeah, Dat Darren's got his own opinions on that as well. Same as mine. Just Does it stop him from getting paid, though? Yeah. Um, so the the Jets they finished seven and nine. Uh, they picked up Mackay Becton, the giant tackle out of Louisville, with the eleventh pick in the first round, uh, along with Denzel Mims, a much touted wide receiver out of Baylor, with the twenty seventh pick in the second round. So a lot is expected of both of those players. Uh, they also picked up Connor McGovern, center from Denver, on a three year twenty seven million dollar deal as well as uh, Brashad Perryman, who has bounced around the league a bit before finding a bit of form in Tampa Bay last season. But to be honest, I could probably find form at wide receiver in Tampa Bay last season because Jameis Winston just gives everyone opportunities, yep. uh, including the defenders that he's yep. playing against. <laughs> um, I also just thought I'd flick in there the fact that they also signed quarterback from Denver, Joe Flacco, in a one-year, $3 million deal. So good oh, luck well. with that one. New new Broadway Joe. Yeah, well, that's another, that's another Statue of Liberty for New York there. <laughs> yeah, he won't be moving very fast. Yep. Uh, they also lost uh, Robbie Anderson to Carolina, which I think is going to be the most painful um, loss that they could have had, really, uh, because they just don't really have much in the way of wide receivers. Yeah, I was going to but, ask I mean, who, who they got left in there. He was a good safe pair of hands. Yeah, yeah. And, and, um, there's no other names popping into my head here. <laughs> yeah, well, they have... Um, uh, obviously, like the aforementioned Denzel Mims, uh, who never really ran that many routes at Baylor, but people could really see the potential, and he did very well at the um, uh, the Senior Bowl. Um, but other than that, they have uh, Josh Doxons there. Uh, and, yeah, that's it. I'm done. Uh, yeah. Jameson Crowder, uh, also. He, he's a pretty handy slot slot receiver. So if you have Perriman, Mims, and Jameson Crowder as your main targets for uh, for Sam Darnold, as well as Chris Herndon, if he can mm-hmm. manage to remain unsuspended, like it, it, the, the offensive line still has a lot of work to do. But if Mackay Becton does turn out to be a really solid left tackle, Connor McGovern looks like a pretty good upgrade at centre for them. They've brought in George Fant from Seattle, but who really knows whether he's good or not. I don't know whether, know whether he's particularly an upgrade. you still got Le'Veon Bell in the backfield, but you can only really use him as a supplement to a good passing game. Well, that's you have it. to have the protection. Yeah, the run sets up with pass, as you alluded to earlier in this podcast. Um, yeah. Impact of rookie-wide receivers, they, they always struggle. It's very rarely mm-hmm. you get a, a rookie-wide out, you know, contributing a lot. Yeah, so quickly. Yeah, especially in their first season, it is a rarity. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just depends on whether or not Sam Darnold can actually step up to the plate, and this could really be a make or break season for him. Um, I, I think he he showed flashes in his first season, uh, and he even did so uh, last season, just just coming out like straight after his return from from mono, and I think he was the AFC Player of the Week that particular week. 
But then it was just really kind of underwhelming. But is it him? Is it the weapons around him? I don't know. Like, uh, does, does he really need to be successful this season? Or will people give him another break saying, well, he didn't have the team around him yet? Well, I'm looking at all this. I, 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 don't, I don't know if he's got to get the team around him. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, again, they're in transition. They're, they're always in. Tra- they're always being transitioned. The Jets. Yeah. You don't. You don't. You don't go Chad away. Left. Yeah. You don't go away in the draft. There's no team in the league wants to draft an offensive tackle with a first round pick. They don't want to mm-hmm. do that. It's just not sexy. It just means you're in trouble <laughs> if you happen to do that. Yeah, and just look over the over the New York Giants, who also did that as well, because yeah. they need to protect their quarterback. Well, he spent the whole um, season in his arse, so, yeah. Yeah, and like the, the, the defensive side of the ball doesn't exactly fill him with confidence either, but it could still end up being a, a team of misfits who go in and do a job. Obviously, they've, they've just acquired Brad McDougald uh, from Seattle to... Like slot in for that Jamal Adams trade that we spoke about earlier. Uh, Quinn Williams really needs to step up um, if he's going to be a, a contributor. He did nothing last season. Yeah, yeah. We brought in uh, Patrick Onwasur from from Baltimore, but it's not the best looking defensive group, so, which makes me think that the offense is going to be doing a lot of chasing this season, and I just don't know if they have it in them. I don't. Well, I don't know that. They're not, I don't think they're set up for that. If you, if you you've got to hit somebody can sling the ball and somebody can catch it, and you got to have the scheme mm-hmm. the scheme allows for that, and, and I, I don't see it with them. I think that I think they're going to regress. To be honest with you, if you get asked, what was your next question? Was it? Seven I guess and, so. Um, seven and nine, they'll do. I think they'll do well to get seven and seven and nine. I think they did well to get seven and nine last season. Um, I, th- I thought they, they thought just... it did worse than that, but. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit of a surprise actually looking back and seeing that they got seven wins last year. Um, some of them they just seemed to back their way into. There was a few very impressive performances, I have to say, um, particularly by Sam Darnold against, I think it was Dallas, where he just kind of controlled the game and really took it to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just have no faith in Adam Gase. But if he continues to surprise us, then who really knows? They, they start off the season at home to the Bills. Then they have the 49ers away. Uh, then they have the Colts at home, Broncos away, Cardinals away. So I'm going to say, I'm fairly certain I said it already, lose to the Bills, lose to the 49ers, lose to the Colts, yeah, lose, lose to the Broncos, lose to the Cardinals. They're not yeah. going to win those games. No, they're not. Uh, well, for away games, I don't think they're thing is home advantage home field advantage what's that going to be this year who really knows that's no, yeah, nobody's uh, going to be in the stadium so yeah be like I a mean, training, uh, training scrimmage it's, it's gonna be weird it's gonna be really really strange i mean I, I wonder if they'll even i mean will they just leave it totally quiet on the broadcast or will uh, they just put in fake crowd noise well or? over here with the the football like mm-hmm. the so- soccer ball you, you can choose to watch it with no noise. You can choose to watch it with crowd noise. But if you, you listen, oh, okay. listen to it without the crowd it doesn't noise, sound right. it sounds so strange. There must be a guy in the button as well, to, you know, extra, yeah, extra noise for goal or extra, extra noise for bad foul or stuff. It's, so do do, they, have, do the they have button. someone who's got like that little extra button 
that just um, is for like just madman shouting racial abuse at a player or something like that. Someone having a go at someone for stealing their pie or whatever. No, I stopped going to football years ago, Stuart. So I'll for that very reason, <laughs> <laughs> not the racial abuse part, but no, no, not that. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the the Jets in a bit of a mess. Um, but they could end up being all right if certain things go their way. It well, is that all was not a, a real wide spectrum, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I, no, they'll definitely lose their away games. Well, maybe doing them a, doing them a disservice, as you see, you don't know what you're going to get. They'll, they'll, Absolutely, like the enigma. No one really expected. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Enigma. You, you get these these teams that just put it all together for one season, and all of a sudden, whoa, there we are. It looks great. Well, as you said. The good games that Darnold had, and the Jets, I think it was a couple of them last year, they looked very good. They did look good. Mm-hmm. You know, player of the week. But they'll turn up the following week and have an absolute stinker. So it depends how you plan against them, I suppose. That's football, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just it's how it is. Any given Sunday and all that jazz. Um. So, yeah, let's not dwell on the New York Jets any longer. We've given them enough fair time for, for one uh, program, which means that we can move on to talking about uh, your favoured Miami Dolphins, oh. who last last season just stunk out of the gate and everyone was thinking, oh my God, this is the, the worst team in, in football history. And then they somehow managed to scrape together five wins. So they went 5-11, and 11, um, and they, they just really surprised a lot of people. They were competitive pretty much every week. Yeah, Fitzmagic. And, like, I think uh, Fitzmagic, but I think Brian Flores has really come in there and whipped that team into shape yeah. far quicker than anyone would have anticipated. Yeah, well, I, I, turning, well, I don't know if it was a turning point. It was that dumb play called against the Steelers and it had it, the whole world scratching its head. Mm. And I, I had, I think it was, um, well, I don't know if it's a friend of the show, Ronnie, he was like, oh, he was doing this, he was doing that. Says, no, he wasn't. It's just dumb. <laughs> He'd lost it. Totally lost it. Uh, but after that, they simply knuckled down and, and they ground out a few results. And, and you say they're always good. The first, was it first five or six, five or six games, maybe? You just thought, oh, yeah. this has got to be horrible. But they did. Yeah, they were Tur- historically they turned them around. bad. I turned them around. And that's the best 5-11 and 11 team I've ever seen towards the end. Yeah, they beat the Patriots <laughs> as well, so... Oh, and that was one of the best moments of uh, of last season for me was just being in a a hotel room in New Plymouth, watching Ryan Fitzpatrick just storm down the field and score that touchdown and not give the Patriots any chance at coming back. It yeah, was, it was the, wonderful. The only guy I know has got a better beard than you, Stuart. <laughs> I'll, I'll let him have that one. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go and compete. Also, it's looking pretty trim at the moment, don't know if you've noticed. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. yeah it's looking, yeah. looking rather slick, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, obviously the, the the Dolphins have undergone quite a drastic change over the last little while, and uh, this offseason's been no different. Of course, they finally got their hands on the prize to Atungo Vailoa, quarterback out of Alabama with the fifth pick of the first round. Uh, they also managed to pick up Austin Jackson, offensive tackle out of USC with the 18th overall pick maybe perhaps seemed a bit of a reach on a lot of people's boards. Uh, then they also picked up uh, Noah Igbenogany, cornerback out of Auburn, with the 30th pick in the first round. So, yep, you did not miscount there. That was three first-round first picks, picks they had. 
Yep, they had Byron Jones in uh, free agency, the big free agent acquisition from Dallas. The cornerback signed a five-year, $82 million contract. They also picked up Kyle Van Noy, linebacker from the Patriots, on four-year, $51 million. Uh, they also managed to acquire Shaq Lawson. Jordan Howard and Matt Breda are in the backfield now. And for some reason, and I just cannot put my head around this one, they gave Eric Flowers a three-year, $30 million contract. Bit of a head-scratcher there because he's one of the worst offensive tackles I, I, I see consistently somehow starting for teams. Stuart, free, um, agent, free agent OT, offensive, free agent offensive lineman always get overpaid. That's, yeah. that's just I the mean, way it is. I kind of feel I should just... like how, how do you apply to be a free agent in the NFL? Because if I just put offensive tackle on my resume, well, I'm going to end up getting paid five million bucks a season at least. Well, the Broncos has got Javon James and he did three games last season. He's not going to play this year. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't have a go at him for opting out because of COVID. But, no, no. Um, oh, I just really wish he was there. Never um, mind. Yeah. Yeah, but the, the Dolphins also lost practically nothing. So they, they because they've already cleared house and they have all this cap room and they've got all these young players coming in, uh, they, they've, they're, they're really able to just continue building yeah. a, a team. I, I'm looking at the, this list of players here. I thought they drafted quite well. I don't know what, I know about Tua. Again, it's going to back mm-hmm. off an injury, but I think it's going to be a good acquisition. And uh, Austin Jackson, the, the cornerback, they were highly rated. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know much about Byron, do Byron, Byron, Byron Jones, but Kyle Van Noy is an excellent linebacker. Uh, oh well, By- Byron Jones is one of the the best, uh, yeah. best cornerbacks going yeah. on for for a little while. He's certainly he's an, uh, an athletic freak. Yeah. Um, like you probably don't remember, but at the scouting combine when he was coming out as a rookie, he actually broke the um, the standing long jump record. Okay. Like not just at the at the combine, but the world record for it. Yeah, it's a pity you don't so, do that. In a, don't do that in a game, though. Eh? I've never no, understood that I mean, one. <laughs> <laughs> it's strange. They just they just like measuring things. Yeah. It's how you look at the freak. It's like um, uh, the hopscotch at the combine. That'll be the next one. <laughs> yes, yeah, speed hopscotch. I'm, um, I'm, I'm looking at those two uh, running backs that they acquired as well. That, that's a good. That's too, that's two good players. That Jordan Howard. And I think that will really help take a bit of pressure um, off off the off the quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, it will, it will still depend on how the offensive line holds up, and to me, that does not look particularly good. Yeah. I think they're building everywhere apart from the offensive line, and as long as Julian Davenport still has a job in the NFL, there's a problem on that team. But that's why they brought in Austin Jackson, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but the like the wide receiving group looks not bad. If Devontae Parker continues to progress, he really showed flashes, especially down the stretch last season. Um, even even taking Stephon Gilmore for a ride, which probably costs him his uh, potential MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, they also picked up uh, Alan Hearns. Uh, they've got Albert Wilson still there. Preston Williams really showed a lot last season as well. I'm really quite excited for for seeing what he does. Um, but it's on the defensive side of the ball that I think that they've really improved immeasurably. Because getting in Noah Benogany was great. Getting in Byron Jones was great. They've already got Xavier Howard there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got Eric Rowe in at safety as well. They've got a, a lot of depth there. And then... Building up with Kyle Van Noy, who's a, just a, a really, really smart player at left outside linebacker. Um, they, and sh- obviously Shaq Lawson coming in as well, Emmanuel Ogba. 
it, it's as if it, it's almost as if Brian Flores knows what he's doing. Hmm. Possibly. We'll wait and see. The offensive yeah. line thing. Um, it depends who you're blocking for. I mean, Tua, mm. Tua is quite mobile, young, quite mobile. It's not. It's like the, the Broncos' offensive line got hammered for letting sacks through players through for sacks, but that's when they were blocking for Joe Flacco. Mm. Drew, well, of course, what, then you also had Garrett Bowles out there. He wasn't yeah, letting uh, any players through. No, but, but his, every single one of them was getting held. <laughs> yeah, but, but he, as soon as Drew Locke was stuck in there under centre, all these sacks dropped off. The, 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 he did get sacked, but nowhere near as much as Joe Flacco. If your quarterback's mm. holding on to the ball for too long, that's what's going to happen. A lot of the time, the, the O line gets yeah. uh, gets pelters for that, and it's not it's not them. It's not all down to yeah, them. Yeah, it depends. On you, your mobility can uh, can both help and hinder you. If, yeah. you're, if you're just holding on to the ball for too long because you're waiting for something to happen, mm-hmm. then you're going to take sacks. But if you're say someone like Gardner Minshew, who last season just scrambled for his life behind a pretty yeah. poor offensive line in Jacksonville, and then just threaded it between players. Yeah. Then you know that that can really help you out with it. Yeah. But this this really uh, comes on to my next point of who should be quarterbacking for the Miami Dolphins this season. Is it right to put Tua in right now, especially under these COVID circumstances, or do you just say sit and learn behind a consummate professional and a smart guy in Ryan Fitzpatrick? Well, it's always difficult to draft a young quarterback first round and not play him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're only what couple of bad, you're only a couple of losses away from the the, the, the fan base clamouring to get the guy to start. And if this is a guy you've been waiting for for all the, is this the guy you sort of wiped the slate clean for? Um, it depends how he shows up in the, the, the training camp. And it's mm. not, it's not, unfortunately, it's not the, the full training camp. What will help them? They could because they've got, you, you say they've got a reasonably experienced. Receiver core, I heard Alan Hearns there. Is a, Reasonably so. Alan Hearns, yeah. Devante Parker was trending up towards the end of last season. Albert, Albert Wilson, Preston Williams. You know, it's there's there's possibilities there. Yeah. Uh, also, Mike Mike Gesicki might need to take the leap at um, at tight end as well. But I, I think for me, Ryan Fitzpatrick started day one, no question. Just let it happen. Um, and then just kind of see where the season goes. I think you don't want to risk Tua if this ends up being just part of a season. Yeah, we're all. Uh, I think we're all so, so much. Yeah, we're all assuming they're going to improve. But that's a that's a bit, mm-hmm. That's a lot of new players in. That's a lot, a lot of, of new players. players who haven't had a chance to to get to know each other properly because yeah. of COVID. Like there's there's uh, just so much uncertainty across the board with everyone. It's just. Who who manages to to glue themselves together quick enough and become a cohesive team? Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm not sure if that's something that like a sort of environment where you want to be putting that upon Tua straight away. If you can just let Ryan Fitzpatrick run with it and just say, you know what, Tua, you just we're so happy we've got you. Yes, look, watch, can watch, we just learn. sit you for a season. Yeah, yeah, that's why I think would be best, like the Aaron Rodgers sort of thing. Yeah, only. Uh, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick's not Brett Favre. Yeah. No, it, 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 or, or Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers, but that's something we'll get onto another another day. Oh. Yeah. I'm just trying to think. Uh, 
it's also a different environment that they won't have the same sort of preparation as they normally would have had in a normal yeah, off season. So all that's going to be limited. I actually think if they do get a season going, I've got, I've got a lot of injuries. Yeah, I get, I get a lot of con- injuries due to conditioning. I get, I get a lot of injuries due down to some of the players not knowing the schemes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's got to be the same for all the teams, I think. So yeah, well, I think the the closest thing we've had to the circumstances that we've got just now uh, would be uh, was that lockout back in twenty twelve or something, which nearly cost us the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. and that's when you saw quarterbacks kind of going crazy you saw a few 5,000 yard seasons uh defenses just seemed to be a a step behind most receivers uh people were just getting schemed up like really nicely whether or not that is the sort of league that we are operating within now that that's going to be the same thing we see this time i don't know who knows is is the great unknown and we're about to step into it yeah but the only thing i can be a list to is the the strike season in mid 80s Mm, but that, yeah. but that, but that was just you got a few uh, strike breakers and the rest, but they're still people you never heard of. Scabs. Yeah, I don't, I don't like to use that word. People have got their reasons. <laughs> I know you don't. I wasn't really kidding. People have yeah, got their yeah. reasons. I was a union man, Absolutely. but I, I didn't like, I didn't like shouting that to anybody. That no, nice. no, no. Some people just got to go and you know get paid. They need to. Yeah, do their job. yeah. Everybody's got different circumstances. Okay. Yeah. So, and the, the circumstances for the Dolphins at the beginning of the season mm-hmm. is the Patriots at home, Bills away, Jaguars at home, Seahawks away, and 49ers at home. I think they'll so, win, win two of those. We've already said they're going to beat the Jets. No, did they? Yeah. No, uh, well, uh, they don't play the Jets till later on. Oh, no, Patriots. So they'll beat the Patriots. But, yeah. Patriots, yeah. Patriots lose the Bills. Lose the Seahawks. Ja- ja- uh, win against the Jaguars? Oh, yes. Aye. That's a car crash with mm-hmm. me, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, as long as they've got Gardner Minshew behind the wheel, uh, no. who really knows what's going to happen? Yeah. He manage to flip it back on its wheels. Well, maybe run it in two wheels for a while. Uh, <laughs> he looked like he was doing that all of last season, really. I feel sorry for the guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe they're just tanking for Trevor. I heard that little conspiracy theory. Yeah. We're not talking about them, we're talking about dolphins. So, no, that first, first five, they'll be um, two and three, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably a fair assessment. Um, so, given that, we're at the end of the AFC East. Who's your division winners, runners up, wooden spoon? What it's, we got? That is difficult. That is difficult. I think the Bills have still. It dep- again, it depends on Cam Newton. It's got to be between the Bills and the, the Patriots for the, the title. Okay. The division winner, I don't think. They'll maybe get double digits. Ten. Ten games they'll get mm-hmm. the win. Ten games they'll win that division, I think. Okay. And the rest... It's not often that happens there, but yep, I could, yeah, uh, well, I could ever- see that being a potential this season. Everything's changed. Um, I think there's got to be a bit of levelling up. I think maybe I thought if I said they maybe drop off the Jets, if the Dolphins manage to improve their five wins to seven, that'll be an improvement. Mm-hmm. So I think Wooden Spoons the Jets, third place the Dolphins, and I don't know. I can't really choose between the Bills and the 
Patriots. If I've had to plump, mm. I want to go for the Bills. Nice. Okay, cool. Because uh, they're, they're more or less the same system, same personnel as last year. Plugging a new quarterback into a team is not easy. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, Especially under these circumstances. Replacing Tom Brady, yeah. Replacing Tom Brady, you've got no offensive line. Half the players in your team have decided they're not going to show up. Yeah, I can't be And uh, you've got one of the worst wide receiving cores in the league. Yeah, it's interesting. Apart from that, um, the sky's but the as long as you have Bill Belichick there to just you know scheme and cheat his way through everything, you well, never really know. Well, now you'll find out if he is actually a coaching genius. Because every time I've heard co- words coaching genius used, it's usually in tandem with a Hall of Fame quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's funny that, eh? Yeah. But it's like you know, it's a chicken and the egg sort of thing. It's like yeah, you know, who, who does what? Uh, obviously, but Bill Walsh was like famed for everything he did with the 49ers and Joe Montana, and there's the Steve Young era as well, and how he handled that. And yeah, well, if, if you've not listened to it yet, I would strongly recommend listening to the PFF's PFF podcast deep dive on the Joe Montana Steve Young quarterback controversy because it was actually really fascinating, and I I learned things about it that I didn't even really know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would recommend that one. Anyway, I'm certainly digressing there. I yeah. would say that uh, the, the Bills are going to win this one. I think that that hot start is really going to propel them. Uh, I can maybe see them coming out of this one with 11 wins. Okay. Uh, possibly, possibly even 12, depending on what happens in that in their own division. Uh, I'm just hoping that this is the start of a Patriots freefall. Uh, so I'm going to say... Dolphins continue to improve. I'm going to say it's actually going to be Bills number one, Dolphins number two, Ooh. Patriots number three, and Jets number four. Well, at least we're all agreed in the Jets, but the. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Bills. But I mean, if, if, like I say, if everything goes right for the Jets, though, then it might not be so bad. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Done. So and on, on that on that note of agreement, uh, I think uh, we should we should wrap up this uh, episode, this divisional preview for the AFC East. Uh, it has been wonderful, Dad. Uh, would, you, would you care to stick around and we'll uh, we'll crank out an AFC West one and release that one shortly after this too? If you want to do that, yeah. I mean, I've, I've... nice, cool. It, it won't take nearly as long as uh, as this one because, of course, we had a lot of stuff to hit up top. Yeah, uh, but we're going to release these pretty much back to back, so I think it would make sense. Okay. I mean, I've been waiting for a month and a half for guys to come through and do my garden. Yeah. And they've haven't been coming, haven't been coming, haven't been coming. And they're supposed to come today and they've arrived early. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Well, by all means, if you need to go away and uh, no, I know. I've like, got... do some arrangements over no, a couple of minutes, that's perfectly no, all right. I've got somebody else supervising. It's okay. Fantastic. Mama Bath is on the case. Uh, All right, then. In that case, let's wrap up this episode and we'll get started right on with the next one shortly. Please join us next time for the AFC West. Uh, I've been Stuart Bothwell. He's been Steve Bothwell. Thank you very much. See you soon. Yeah. Bye, viewers. Listeners. Viewers. (laughs) 